Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Well, I don't know about you, Dan, but I am very upset this presidential campaign season because, you know, I'm a religious liberty advocate, and I've dedicated my life and ministry to religious freedom, which I believe belongs to everybody, and now it's becoming a partisan political issue, and I'm, I'm worried. I'm very worried about the future of religious freedom when it becomes uh, kicked around and uh, dragged in the dirt of partisan politics. So I've asked my good friend, the editor of Liberty Magazine, that has been published for more than 100 years devoted to promoting religious freedom, to come and have a discussion with us about the future of of a now partisan religious liberty. Lincoln Steed, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Always a pleasure. And you're right, this is one of the hot topics as we are in the run-up to a presidential election. Uh, what's been developing for some time is on, on full display. Somehow the Republicans, the, the right wing, have claimed the uh, the title of, of the religious party and, and standing for religious liberty and have cast the Democrats and liberals as uh, the enemy, and certainly those that are not concerned about religious liberty. But uh, often, the way it's expressed by the uh, the conservatives is, is more religious entitlement and privilege than religious liberty, the way I see it. Well, and to be fair, there's at least an element of truth in how this has come down, because oh, yes. there of are course, those... Or else it wouldn't uh, take. Well, there are those on the left who, in, in promoting equality and LGBT rights, are hostile to religious freedom. And so those on the right react very concerned about protecting religious liberty. But religious liberty... But there's those, there are those on both parties that, that have a vested interest to caricature or, or one-dimensionalize many issues. And uh, uh, I'm sure you and I have the same opinion on you know the gay movement and gay marriage uh, Biblical point of view, we're troubled by that, but that's being cast as a, as a you know biblical conservative uh, position, and the Republican, the Democrats are on the other side. But people have forgotten that it was Dick Cheney that tried to have his cake and eat it too by uh, you know promoting uh, a family member who was pro gay and making murmuring statements of approval. So it really isn't as one dimensional as people imagine. But for reasons of political and I think even religious agenda advantage. The right wing choose to further this and push the others, other side into a corner and, and, and definitely have typecast uh, both themselves and the other side. Well, part of my concern, Lincoln, is that when the right gets on the band, the, the religious liberty bandwagon, religious liberty, religious freedom becomes a dirty word to those who are not on the same bandwagon. Well, yeah, there's many things going on, and I'm sure you've discussed it as both. Some of the radical secularists are even using the Constitution to try to, to chase religion out of the public sphere. In fact, I noticed President Reagan's son doing a public announcement recently where he publicly proclaimed, you know, I'm not afraid of hell, I'm a secularist, and he's speaking out for the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Well, they're not just trying to separate religion and 
uh, from the public sphere. They're trying to drive it out of society. And they've been empowered by this polarization. You know, I guess part of my response to that is to say the church just needs to be the church. The church has survived well, far worse than secularism. Yeah, you know, we're not talking about secularism per se, but I do not see secularism as the uh, the looming threat. Secularism is always the uh, the tendency and, and sometimes even a movement that can drain the energy out of religion. But, you know, that's what we're contending with, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, secularism's front and center on that. But when you have people that claim they're fellow religionists and yet they have a subverting agenda that, uh, from the point of view of religious liberty, won't hesitate to use the power of law to advance their version of religion, we've got trouble. Well, how do you feel as the editor of Liberty magazine about how the term liberty is now being associated? Is it still a positive association? Well, I, I just took a sermon on Sabbath where I called it a rose by any other name. Uh, Shakespeare said that, but it would smell the same. But in reality, liberty, religious liberty, is used all the time, uh, very glowingly, by everyone from communists to, uh, to uh, you know, Marxists and, and, and dictators and, and, and liberal uh, Democrats and so on. But they don't mean the same thing. Uh, there's nobody opposed to it. They fight over the spoils, and they're advancing radically different versions. And, and as I say, the, the developing version in the United States uh, from the religious right or the rightist is really a religious entitlement. And, and I think one example of that is uh, this clerk in uh, Kentucky who refused to issue uh, uh, marriage licenses. Well, you know, that's quite a sad pass for a once Christian society to have authorized this by law, but it's the law. And here, in an elected position, this woman took it on herself to say, I'm not going to issue them. You know, and coming and knows that it sent to uh, uh, jail for uh, briefly for, uh, for, for obstructing the court, she still came out saying, well, they can, my, my underlings can do it if they're required to, if they want to, but it's still not valid because I haven't signed it. And then to add to the uh, complications, she met privately with the Pope and had come out since at the Pope's request and in a private uh, audience of about, uh, I think it was 45 minutes, were told her to keep up the battle. So this is using uh, your supposed rights to stop other people, to thwart uh, other people's free choice. You know, I'm struck when I think about the Kim Davis situation that in states across the country, there are plenty of other clerks working in local county governments who are no more willing to issue same-sex marriage licenses, and they've been able to work things out. Um, many of them are getting accommodations, and you know, this is not becoming a front-page news item, and they're not meeting with the Pope. Well, you're right. There is uh, probably a way to accommodate or compromise. But, you know, for religious principle, for, for a matter of conscience, sometimes there's not a compromise. You, you either take the, the hit or you move on. No, you go elsewhere where there's not a conflict. You know, I can't imagine easily, you know, a barroom bouncer uh, claiming religious privilege that, that they want time off or something, or, or their sensibilities are offended by the the, uh, the pole dancers and so on, and, and expecting people to come to their view. I mean, 
certain things, and, and, and in this case, uh, running for elected office, guaranteeing to execute uh, the state's laws, that's not regular employment. That's the status you have fought for and are, uh, as a matter of public trust, obligated to fulfill it. That does make her situation unique because she's not just a, uh, a civil servant. Yes, it's not regular employment. A lot of people have missed that point, in my view. Right, yeah. But so you see this as, as emblematic of an entitlement and that religious freedom is not so much about... Absolutely, and I can take it back to uh, the, uh, the Hobby Lobby case. Which, you know, I don't know your views on it, you know, and there are different ways to come at it. But in my view, it's again here, I, I, owners of a corporation that clearly have a principled uh, personal stance, but they uh, expected and got the court to confirm their right to deny a generally applicable law to other people. I just don't see how that truly translates to religious liberty. Well, I see the issue of the distortion of liberty into entitlement on both sides of the spectrum. Because as uh, one of the dissenters in the Obergefell same-sex marriage case pointed out, the court there was turning the historic uh, preservation of liberty under the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, that liberty was no longer freedom from government restraint. It was the right to government recognition, status, benefit, the all of the yeah. public benefits of marriage are now considered a liberty interest, uh, that this is really an historic shift that the court has never done before. So I certainly see the left arguing for liberty as a, uh, a right, a benefit to, uh, you know, to public uh, access, public benefit, not just, uh, or I should say, the left arguing for it, not just the right. Yeah. No, there's, there's many uh, wrinkles on this. I, uh, we probably don't have much time left, but where I think what's bound to feed the dynamic, we're in a, a global war on terrorism, and uh, most people don't admit it, but the major terrorist threat is a uh, uh, thoroughly activist, radical form of another religious viewpoint. And I'm sure more and more encounter to that, we're going to circle the wagon and define our society, our government system, by our version of faith, a non-threatening version. The Pope spoke to that too. You know, he warned us against extremists and uh, and uh, uh, fundamentalists. All that means is anybody that thinks and is active in religion outside what he and, and those listening to him found comfortable, uh, that's going to be religious liberty. Well, and that was the strategy in the 1980s in the Reagan era, the whole Reagan's invocation of a shining city upon a hill. And, yes, uh, yes the, I've forgotten that. It's a good point. Communism, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, we're the good guys, we're the Christians, we're the, you know, forces of light, and our enemies, whether it's uh, the Soviet Union or now radical Islam and ISIS, uh, our, our enemies are the forces of Satan and darkness. And it's always this sort of apocalyptic um, battle that uh, our nation is in. You know, after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, um, you know, some of us were speculating, you know, the United States needs a global enemy. We, you know, we, there's a vacuum here. Yeah. We've got to have an enemy. Who's it going to be? And it turned out to be Al-Qaeda and now ISIS. Well, I mean, it goes back further than the U.S. Nero was 
use the, the same dynamic. Uh, uh, just quickly, I'd like to say it reminds me constantly of the thing that I uh, saw on TV before uh, Jerry Falwell died uh, with uh, Al Sharpton in a debate, and they were both agreeing at first on abortion. They were against that. Then Sharpton tried to insert some concerns for uh, minorities in the inner city, and Jerry Falwell didn't like him veering from the script, and he turned to him, and this is exactly what he said. No other uh, comments. He turned to him, and he said, if you believe that, he said, you are not, in a, you are not a Christian, you are not an American. You are a terrorist sympathizer. And I believe that dynamic can work. It, 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 once the positions harden to act differently in a religious sense, could even mean you're called a traitor to your country. There's, and I forget the name of the, the syndrome, but I guess on the internet there's a uh, kind of a, a law that eventually every argument degenerates into somebody calling somebody else a Nazi. And I think uh, we're seeing something similar here. You know, eventually, those who don't agree with you are, are written off as, as un-American and terrorists. Yeah. Well, as, as one uh, candidate said, uh, the Nazis wouldn't have succeeded if everyone had a gun. That's another argument. <laughs> well, that sounds painfully like what one of our presidential candidates said. We don't need guns. We need more faith and more individual uh, religious understanding, I believe. People thinking for themselves, not being sheep and, and, and responding to the herd mentality. Well, and frankly, the true meaning of liberty is that our society will respect everybody regardless of their differing beliefs. And that's Even what if we're you really. They're wrong, right? Exactly, the right to be wrong. Our guest today, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Our discussion has been about the the capturing of, of religious liberty, turning it into a partisan issue in our increasingly divided culture war climate. Lincoln, thanks again for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. My pleasure. And friends, Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud. On the internet, check out our uh, Freedom's Ring SoundCloud radio station and listen to lots of Freedom's Ring. Uh, this has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.